Okily dokily, let's put on our game faces. Game on! Woo! This is Bronco Nation, a Midwest communications podcast. Here's your hosts, Jordan Lass and Jim Lawless. Once again, got a special guest in the studio with us today. Well, I, you know, I don't know if she's special anymore because she's been here more than once. More than twice. More than twice. I think that constitutes past a visitor. Is this my third? So I'm not quite family yet. (laughs) We're almost there. Almost. We do also have a new sponsor on the Bronco Nation podcast as well. Uh, As you can probably already tell, uh, Carolyn Binder here with us. But uh, Bronco Nation brought to you by Zolman's Best One Tire and Auto Care. They are in Portage and Kalamazoo, and we want to thank them for joining the family, like uh, Carolyn said. Uh, Zolman's offers preventative maintenance for your vehicle. You can book an appointment online, painless, at ZolmanTire.com. Family? Yeah, we're a family here. I'm not hugging you. I don't... Not all families hug. I was going to say, you're like the, the uncle I just can't stand. That sounds right. (laughs) The uncle that everybody talks about at the reunion. (laughs) We didn't fight when John Creek was here, so maybe we'll keep it going with you, but I doubt it. Because, so here's the thing about John Creek, and I, I absolutely adore John Creek. I will open with that. Every time I see him, and it's usually at a basketball game, he's usually in stripes. And I'm usually broadcasting, which is awesome. But, like, when I see him out and about, he is just a genuinely good human being. Absolutely. So the fact that he had to sit across from you, I'm sorry. Well, yeah, she, he is she's my... She's pointing at Jim, by the way. He, yeah. he is my exact polar opposite. No. I, I get it. I know. Okay. So he is... Go- <laughs> but my other thing is, like, he is going to be nice. And that's fine. And that's just who he is. Yeah. He's just a genuinely non-confrontational he shouldn't have to be the referee between you two to be honest (laughs) he wasn't well but we were nice which is shocking it is you're used to us i know that's what i'm saying so maybe i I feel like you played nice because john was here i want to be clear i feel bad he was in here but i mean good for him I'm glad. What, wait, wait, we're getting hooked in here. Come on, <laughs> you know, don't don't throw Creek under that bus now. No, you know? but have you noticed how he hasn't been here yet? Well, we, we haven't really asked him yet either. I mean, let the man enjoy his retirement. <laughs> we we talked about him very very nicely. In fact, we we heaped praise upon praise, which it should be, of course. Yes, on Robin, but. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe we shouldn't bring him in. <laughs> we shouldn't subject him to this kind of torture. Oh, yeah. No, actually, yes, we should. He's retired. That's true. Yeah. Oh, but wait. As all good retired people do, he's working. And it, he is in full effect right now. Yeah. Well, it's football season. Oh, of course. Oh, yeah. He has to be. Right, right, right. Well, I just got a message from my brother, which kind of leads us into where we should start with things. I mean, it's called Bronco Nation, so uh, we should start with Bronco football. Um, They're taking on Ball State this weekend, Mm -hmm. and I just got news, like I said, from my brother who worked at Ball State at one time. The athletic director is leaving for a job at the University of Iowa. Hmm. 
So is that going to be a bit of a distraction this weekend? I doubt it, but. No. Interesting timing all, all the way around, and yeah. I want to start with the fact that we just opened the season. Obviously, that's the big, you know, against Michigan State or, you know, the Big Ten. That's our normal kind of opener, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then we t- turn right to the MAC. I brought it up with John Creek. The last couple of years, I noticed all of college football, you know, a lot of teams are either starting the year with a conference foe like Northwestern and Nebraska or it's week two, and that's why I was saying all week, you know, Ball State opened at Tennessee. Both teams, yes, you need to focus on the week at hand, but you couldn't get caught up in winning that game because then it would then in turn make the next week, which was conference play, a trap game. Right, and it's just interesting with that timing, and I think by that theory and what else was going through my head as you were talking was – was that something that teams shifted to because of COVID at some point where it's like, were we, number one, were we even going to play? And then number two, when teams started playing again and sports were kind of back in air quotes, full effect, it was just within their conference. Like you can travel within your conference or you can play within your conference and maybe they took a second look at that and said, well, we played week two or we opened the season with a conference game and this is what happened and so on and so forth. So kind of make that a permanent adjustment. Yeah. Well, Creek did mention uh, last week that the uh, Power Five, I do believe, those schools moved to a uh, – they're still on a 12-game schedule, but now only three non-conference and then nine in the uh, – Smaller schools, the mid-majors, the Mid-American Conference being one of them, is still on the four out and eight in. So, you know, well, I, I'm not sure, you know, but here, where but, it's going to travel from here. You know, are, well, we, are we going to jump on the same bandwagon too, or do we need to? Well, what I was going to say is at a certain point with these super conferences, once they're established, I think that non-conference play for Power Fives is just going to go away. They're going to play all conference opponents. Agreed. Yeah, there goes there goes any big cash money for the smaller schools. There's no room on the schedule otherwise, or there no. won't be. Not when you're adding half of the Pac-12 into the Big Ten. <laughs> that could half, be a whole other hour that we talk about that. I guess. Half of the Big 12 into the SEC. But yeah. um, anyways, yeah. kind of back on track. And before we get into Bronco football. I don't know if you agree with this. They should have let Nebraska should have left Scott Frost in Ireland. Yeah. Yes. When when do they pull the plug? I, I would like I said I would have left him in Ireland. For sure. I I mean what what's the point at some point and how far can you drag somebody who's dead and they don't <laughs> even know it? Sure. I mean way to finish you, my sentence. Cuz you think about it and it's like it goes back to what I said. The hometown guy usually doesn't work out. He won two national titles at Nebraska in the 90s, and it has been five. What, this is year six of just what in the hell are we watching? Nebraska has a football team? <laughs> they used to. Yeah, back in the 90s, in the 80s. Not anymore. Um, I Actually, a fun fun fact in this is – 10 years ago now, almost 10 or nine or 10 years ago, my best friend's husband had a internship 
an engineering internship in Omaha. And so it, it was like a summer long thing. So at the end of the summer, we went out there and visited him and the housing and ever like they had the whole setup and whatever. And I found a Nebraska sweatshirt. I'm like, I'm in Omaha. Like, why not buy it? It's fine. But I had my Michigan stuff. And that weekend happened to be Michigan versus Nebraska. So I'm like, I have my Nebraska sweatshirt because I bought it. But I'm like, I'm going to wear my Michigan shirt to the bar and just see what happens. Nobody cared. No. It was crazy. And that's nine years ago in Omaha, Nebraska. We were playing... We, well, we being Michigan, because I'm a Michigan fan, born and raised, right? In Omaha, Nebraska, nobody cared. Nope. Not shocked. Nine years ago. Yeah. So, I mean, that, that tells, tells you. you yeah, yeah, the state of where they are at. Um, speaking of another team, we just brought him up, Iowa. Another Big Ten coach that needs to be let go, Kirk Ferentz. You beat South Dakota State by getting two safeties and a field goal. That is embarrassing. <laughs> As a golfer, I will just say this. A win is a win. A win is a in the win column is a win, but now we have microphones, so we're going to dig deeper into it. And, yeah, that's really ugly. South Dakota State. Not a perennial all-star, if anybody's wondering. <laughs> Wait, what? So that's kind of where I'm at with that kind of stuff. But um, while we're picking apart the Big Ten, can I bring this back around? Assessment, quick assessment on PJ Fleck moving to Minnesota and what that did for it. Like, is he gonna? It's not like they're reigning the atop the Big Ten. No, since he's been there, right? They're gonna have to pull the plug soon. You think so? They have to. What other choice do you have? If it's not working, you have to restart. Where Minnesota came from, though, is that one where he gets a longer leash? Probably. Okay. I'm, I'm not saying it's in de- it's not, not a it's not a Harbaugh situation. Sure. Which well, that's a whole other yeah can of worms. Well, this year, you know, Fleck could turn it around because Minnesota does have a decent team, and they are picked high in the uh, Big Ten West. So this could be his comeuppance, maybe or. Well, or is undoing. Or is undoing, correct. I mean, I think of those three teams, is it Nebraska's in the hot seat first, followed by Iowa, followed by Minnesota, Michigan? Or no? Or or is Harbaugh just going to ride that train? Ask the hater. Here's the thing. You <laughs> would have asked me brain. a little while ago, I would have said he's it's like Teflon Don. He just He's untouchable. Um after what happened with the job at Minnesota, and basically he thought he had it, came back with his tail, I think that did more damage than people want to talk about. And I talked about this with Jim last week. The other problem I have with U of M football right now is they're doing the Drew Henson, Tom Brady dance all over again. Mm-hmm. You have the guy that wins games in Tom Brady, but you have the shiny toy in Drew Henson. You can't do that to these quarterbacks, letting them both play a game and then deciding – Pick a starter. Yeah. Stop being a flip-flopper. Make the tough decisions and name a damn starter. Well, and the other issue that I have with that in particular, in this, what has been said is the stated strategy. Like, he's going to this rotating. Like, don't even talk about starters. Like, start whoever, but then he's talking about rotating them in, like, situationally. That just doesn't. 
This isn't a goalie tandem in the NHL. No. Uh, that To me, that doesn't work. I have to say, obviously, I've never been a football coach at that level, but from where I sit and the amount of football that I've watched, it just doesn't work. How many quarterback tandems can you even name that worked out? Zero. Exactly. So, you know what? I think it's a deeper issue, and I think it's something that he's not willing to say. You don't have a quarterback. Neither one are very good. Yeah, McNamara's the whiner, though, if you notice. I mean, he, it, it, it's a lot like another thing I shouldn't bring up, but it, it's picking the worst of two evils. Yeah. But really. how is that really going to turn out for you? Not great in the end. I mean... Michigan made it far last year, but then got smoked in their bowl game. I'm jumping in. Okay. Can, can we talk Bronco football yeah, now? We just This is what we do. We circle the wagons, and we come back, and right. everything's okay. fine. Well, I, I'm, I'm going to kick off by saying a couple things. First of all, Lou Esposito, the Bronco defense, they were great. They were great against Michigan State. You really can't deny them. They, they did well. They, they gave up some big plays, but this defense looks a lot more together than uh, the last couple of seasons, to be honest with you. The offense, though, I do want to share something. Friend of mine, Tony, old friend of mine, he's an alum, um, and he, he made a very good post on Facebook that I, after the game that I kind of want to share. Um, and it, it pretty much reads in. Western shot themselves in the foot with penalties and turnovers. I think we can agree with that. Uh, especially the penalty negating a uh, touchdown. That, mm-hmm. that was huge. Hitting Thorne on a give-up slide. that, And that's going to be tricky because that rule was adjusted this year. The, and and that's going to be tough to really, you know, we can we can jump back to that. There's a lot to milk on that one. Sure. Uh, Salopec, this guy's not, Tony's not sure about him yet. He's a redshirt freshman, yeah. Um, apparently from, you know, you watched the video. Obviously, I was here in the studio and didn't see it. Um don't force the ball into coverage. Learn how to throw the ball away. Did, did you see a lot of that? It, he was checking down. I'll say that. Like he, That's the one thing that impressed me, knowing how young that he was and on that stage and the whole thing. you know, you, There's a lot of factors that go into game one, especially in his situation. And I think in that situation, mm-hmm. you can't ask for much more out of your quarterback. No, no turnovers. Right. So to me, that... That's the statistic, win or lose. That's the statistic about the quarterback mm-hmm. that stands out. To oh me. yeah, I, I'm not raining on anybody's parade. You know, the the offense did well. You know, but again, you know, a few issues. I'm just impressed with what the defense did. But seven sacks. That's that that hurts. That hurts. Well, and that's your offensive line. Yeah. Exactly. So. Is there something I can add here? You can have it. Sure. You you could be critical of this team, but it's not fair to do it against Michigan State. Correct. My thing was Salopak. Like, yeah, I wasn't pleased with his performance either, but my thing is the red shirt freshman that played his first game in East Lansing in front of, what, 50, 60, 70,000 people. Jordan, are you being nice to someone? I'm, Are you giving them credit for something that they should be getting credit for? It's it's different when it's deserved. Okay. But 
I'm I'm proud of you. <laughs> Making steps. I just, yeah, baby steps. <laughs> I'm proud of you. This is a this is a huge deal, people. But yeah, it's like if you want any knee, knee jerk reactions from this game, you're you're looking at the wrong game here. Uh, like I mentioned, Salpak's first game is a redshirt freshman, huge stage. Like, what were you expecting him to do? Go out and play like a Heisman Trophy winner? Like, if that were me, I would have gone out there and pooped my pants. <laughs> Just I've, saying. I've been on that field. Not while players are out there, but it's it's pretty daunting. Yeah. With that thing full, yeah. So I, I'm not going to get all upset about that. What I will get upset about, and I think, or I hope at least it was a lesson learned, field goals get you killed in football. Yeah. You got to get six. When you go in the red zone, you get close, you got to give me six. And I will say that watching the game, the, the drives that happen, you're like, okay, they're knocking on the door. They're knocking on the door. They're knocking on the door. And three, three, three. And it's like, man. Because think about it. At the at the end of the third quarter, when it was an eight-point game, yeah. you turn one of those into a touchdown, it's a whole different conversation. Correct. And it was a late turnover that got with the – or maybe it was a three and out. It was either a three and out or a turnover late in the fourth – or into the fourth when we were just down by eight and then Michigan State went down and scored. I'm like, Ugh. you know, and then you just start thinking about all those field goals. And just like you said, you turn one of those around. Different conversation. And it's a whole different ball game. What I really liked, aside from all of that, defensively, okay, yeah. they gave up 14 points in the second quarter. That hurts. Okay. <clears throat> Normally at that point, you would be gassed. And they shut the Spartans out in the third quarter. I think that's huge. Like, and I'm, I know I'm digging. I know I'm splitting hairs, but I don't think you are. <clears throat> I texted Jim after. Now he's being nice to me. A, what is happening after the fourth quarter? <laughs> I knew I needed this thing. And I told him <laughs> that what we saw bodes well for conference play, at least on yes. the defensive end. You know, I think all of the hype was real. You're deep at every position, the offensive line or the defensive line in your linebackers, your core, that is looking fantastic. You know, they gave, let them score 21 in the first half, but like you said, they completely shut them down in the third. It ballooned a little bit in the fourth. Those were late touchdowns. The game was already over at that point. Um, I mean, they, I, I said it here last week. For them to at least get my attention, they had to keep it close and they had to keep it respectable, which they did. They were one point off the, off the spread. You know, it wasn't embarrassing. Like I said, it ballooned a little bit at the end. The game was already over. We've seen plenty of matchups across sports, but in particular in these week ones where, I mean, the thing's over as soon as the ball's kicked off. Look at Colorado State and Michigan. Right. You know, even Georgia and Oregon, which, right. wow. Yeah. Or I... Oregon is a good team, and Georgia made them look like a Division II team. Yeah. And I think that speaks to volumes of how good the SEC is. So I'm excited to have a conference game so soon, given this performance. I think momentum <clears throat> that was taken or that can can be taken out of this game against Michigan State and turn it around and start rolling in the Mac, baby. Mm -hmm. And I think... One of the th other things that the offense really needs to stick to is that run game. Correct. 
which is nice to say that the run, and actually have it there. The run opens the pass, and it's like we don't have to force the ball. Yeah. You know, let, the, let those guys open things up. And I think part of that was starting to develop and was developing throughout the game because, <clears throat> like I said, the checkdowns were there. Like, mm-hmm. it, it wasn't forced or rushed or pushed. It didn't feel like it was just like he got the ball and was just went with option one all the time, right? So it's, I think, a combination of shoring up the offensive line, but keeping that run game, that run game active. And I think that's going to create consistency. Yeah, I agree. You got anything else, Ed? No. Wow. No. No. You know, I do. Give me this. That was pretty easy. Where Jordan and I are sharing a microphone again. So if if you hear noises, blow them off. (laughs) Except this one right here. You know, that one, though, might be needed quite a bit today. Anyway. Thank you, Jim McKinney. I stole it from your desk. Anyway, um, I you know the more I like the more I think about it, the more I like this. Okay, we had Michigan State last week. We go into conference play and then back out. That's not a bad thing. That might just be what the Broncos need: a one week tune up, get into the conference. You're playing a team that you know you can beat. You know it's not like we're going in against Toledo or or Central or whatever. You know we're going in against Ball State. They they are beatable. It's we had the one week warm up. Game. We had the one week warm up. If they take what if they take most of what they had in the state game and apply it to the ball state game, we should be okay. Should. And then the next matchup against Pitt, I am pumped mm-hmm. for that based on yes. You got to take one results, of those but, three. Yeah. If they go oh, out absolutely. and lose all three. Yikes. Oh, here he goes again, back to his old ways. No, let's stay optimistic. <laughs> We're not talking about the Lions right now. Let's hey, now. We'll get to that and in a minute. And it's not <laughs> even the Denver Broncos. This is Western Michigan College football. Okay. Uh, looking at the schedule for this week, uh, pulling out some of the bigger games, Alabama-Texas. Um, I don't think it's really going to be a game, but um, Ohio State will run through Arkansas State. Yeah. Uh, Miami, 15 ranked. They got Southern Miss. That'll be an early challenge for them. Uh, Arkansas taking on South Carolina. Arkansas sitting at 16. Vanderbilt 2-0, uh, doing better than past years. They're taking on 23. Wake Forest at home. Um, yeah, they see those are just not great games. <laughs> Uh, why, wait, whoa, 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 what? stop, stop, what? stop. Why? You're blowing right past Marshall and Notre Dame. There's That's the upset special right there. It's not going to happen. I'm going with the Thundering Herd. Based on what I saw against Ohio State, I would say you're crazy. I'm going with the Thundering Herd. How did you feel about Notre Dame's performance on Saturday? Oh, they were lousy. Are you kidding me? No, they were lousy. They almost beat Ohio State. <laughs> Ohio State was lousy, but I, I really wasn't impressed with the game. I, to be honest with you, I really wasn't. I, think I just this hope is Marshall, that's a matchup that I just hope everyone had fun. Right, Marshall. This is here's their here's their here's their uh, time to jump on it. And you know, being being an alum, even though you're young, or <laughs> a lot <laughs> than me, you you know the thundering herd and the Broncos have had their day. Oh yeah, quite a few times. And boy, those were fun. And and the thundering herd can be just that. I'm calling it Marshall. Upset. Eleven 
8% chance, according to ESPN statistics. I'm, well, I'm not putting I, 20 bucks down on it, but I'm saying. He's crazy. 20, 20 bucks? That'd be a good turnaround, dude. No. Well, I would, but I don't gamble. Okay. I'm, I play it safe. <clears throat> good. If you do gamble, knock yourself out. <laughs> you know, go for it. Buy me a beer if you're a winner. App State has an opportunity to uh, pull out another Michigan game. They've got number six, Texas A&M. They lost a really close one with North Carolina. Uh, we just talked about them. Pittsburgh at 17. They are taking on number 24, Tennessee. That's probably one of the better games uh, over the weekend. I hope the Vols beat them up, beat them up, beat them up, knock them down. No, yeah. because then they're going to be angry. No, no be, I'd rather hurt. I'd rather <laughs> have them win just because they're at 17 now. They'd probably go top 15. Sure. I'd rather have them win that game. You mean Pitt? Yeah, yeah. because if they lose, there's a chance they fall out of the top 25. Okay. It's more impressive right. for Western for them to be ranked. Well, yeah, you know, Pitt can win. Just look hurt when you come in. That's all we ask. Yes, Oof. Jim. <laughs> Kent State going to Oklahoma. I'm speaking from a fan's point of view. I'm throwing the stats out the door, okay? <laughs> Another good game. Uh, number 12, Florida at home, taking on number 20, Kentucky. Looking at more here. Not a whole lot of great games. Oh, the Michigan game. Oh, That's oh, not oh, great. Oh, oh no. Horrible. What's the spread now? Okay, spread's still 51. Yeah, the spread's 51. <laughs> Not even worth talking about. Hey, you, well, would, you, would you drop 20 on, on Michigan with that spread? Or? Not even worth talking about. Uh, he, see, he hates, he hates the maize and blue. That's fine. He hates them. He hates when the them. spread is 51, I think it's safe to say it's not even worth talking about. Because you when, know who's going to win. When the other, like, I'm just looking at part of that column, and the other spreads are 5.5 for Florida, 9 for USC, 11 and a half for Oklahoma State, 51 for Michigan. Like, I'm just, I took that as a small sample size. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and the nightcap on Saturday, number nine Baylor in Provo, taking on number 21 BYU. That should be a good game. I like that matchup, and I like that it's primetime. It's uh, right about when I go to bed normally, thanks to my kids, but I might stay up for that one. Did you see the LSU game? No. Oh, my, that was amazing. Did you hear about it, Jim? No. Wow. So no, I, no, I heard about it, but I didn't see it. I don't see. I don't see anything. But but life update. I now have real TV. Back to you. <laughs> two thousand two called and said, "Cool story, bro." <laughs> hey, when you cut the cord, you cut the cord. But I'm my cord's still cut. I'm just now in a spot where I have internet. And I stream, so I can keep up with all y'alls now. <laughs> so he really came into the current times. Yeah. Well, I was only lacking on the TV. Everything else is up to snuff. No. Oh, yeah. Okay. But going back to that LSU game, so it was pretty late in the fourth. Florida State punted it. I think they had to go. LSU had to go 99 yards. They did. Marched it all the way down the field. And literally, as they're, you know, getting set for the field or the extra point, I literally look at my dad and I go, watch him miss this. He didn't miss it. They got blocked, but they lost by one. <laughs> and I think, I think I can safely say 
and not just after one game. Brian Kelly's not going to work out in Louisiana. No. Just not going to work. What's he going to do with his new accent, though? Right. That was bad. Yeah, that was <laughs> bad. That is the most that I got into the game, obviously. I saw what happened and read about it or whatever, but the the prevailing uh, literature that I read on it was the memes of Brian Kelly at LSU. So it was kind of fun. <laughs> It's nice. It's nice that a former Central Michigan coach is falling. Just saying. I just I don't know why I took that job. I really don't. I don't get it. I mean, you've been in the Midwest your entire career. You've built your recruiting here. You go to the South. What makes you think you're going to be able to recruit down there? Was it money? I mean, what was that? I'm sure money was part of it. But was it that it? Like, how long do you think he's going to last? I don't know. Maybe he'll send a text to all the players like he has done at every other stop to tell him that he's leaving. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, think about Ed Ogeron, though. Guy goes in, wins a national title, and then gets pushed out the door. But I heard today that when they told him about the $17.5 million buyout, he was like, basically, like, when do you want me to leave? What door would you like me to go out? <laughs> right. That would have been my answer. How fast can I bubble wrap my stuff? Like, let's go. <laughs> When can I get that seventeen and a half million? <laughs> I mean, if somebody's handing that over to me, I'm gonna make a tea time and I'll just send for my things and I will see you later. You know what? At seventeen and a half million, you can just throw all my stuff away. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just get new stuff. <laughs> um so we got college football covered. Um kind of trying so, to think of where right. we want to go next. All right, kids. Well, let's keep the Broncos in mind for just a couple more minutes. Um, give me a prediction for Saturday. What do you think, Carolyn? For the football game? For the fo- no, yeah, for the football game. I don't know. We're start like I'm getting my mind into basketball towards the end of October, and you know we can talk about that. That's fine. I'm not quite there. I'm still in, in and, football but, world. Oh, and by the way, my uh, the girl I talked to on the phone from uh, the State Farm agent that I have up in Grand Rapids mm-hmm. uh, listens to you. By the way, oh. uh, on the uh, WMU stream for softball, she's a she's a softball alum. As a matter of fact, I should have caught her name, but I didn't. It's Leslie something or another, but that's all I got. Very right. good. Yeah. Well, look forward to bringing you that in the spring, and uh, that's a lot of fun over at Ebert Field. Yeah. But okay, prediction. Prediction. I think Western takes the momentum, as I mentioned, against Michigan State, builds on it. I'm not – the big question mark is going to be the offensive line. Yep. But if <clears throat> that can be shored up, I think we roll. And, I, and also, ball is not a state. <laughs> I'm going to start it. Oh I just my did. Gosh. Yeah, they're full of BS. <laughs> um, I would agree with you there. I really think it's also going to come down to ball security, who takes care of the ball, who takes advantage of those turnovers. I think it's a toss-up. Jim said it, it's a very winnable game, but it's also a very losable game. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So. All right. Um, well, I did. I did see something that just ruined my entire day. Pat McAfee. Oh, let's have that. Pat McAfee <laughs> is joining College Game Day as a full time member. Cool. That's not cool. Uh, against cool. or replacing anybody? I don't think so. Oh, right. I, I did. It. I did see some. 
I'll call them whisperings, but they're online, so who knows what's what. But Lee Corso was having some speech problems. It was this, and I'll just be full disclosure, he was off camera, but obviously because we have cameras everywhere, he was on somebody's camera, and he just could not speak. I've got a little rhyme for you. Lee Corso needs to go. (laughs) I think he just went. Well, I mean, if Pat... No offense, but that man needed to be taken off the air about five years ago. So people also said that about Dick Clark, and I think it's one of those, he's just a venerable member of that, and it is what it is. He's a football mind. Everybody knows him. Everybody thinks that it's cool that he's there. I agree with you. I'm just saying, why not replace him? (laughs) But why replace him with Pat McAfee? Come on. You You guys don't like Pat, do you? No. No. Oh. He's a I, jackass. Well, he's, but he's a funny jackass. Well, that, that's why he's on college game day now. But that's, but that's my thing. I'm not looking for funny. I'm not well. tuning into college game day to have a laugh. I'm tuning into college game day to get legitimate coverage and analysis for the games that week. Not to have a little ha-ha. Let's see how it turns out. I, I don't like it. There, there, I don't like it. Well, there won't be any wrestling on that show, so, you know. Oh, he'll find a Mac- way to rope it in. <laughs> oh, you know, for sure. Because McAfee, of course, is the uh, analyst on WWE SmackDown on Friday nights. He's also a part-time wrestler as well. He's done his time in NXT. He had a uh, WrestleMania match uh, this year, as a matter of fact, against Baron Corbin and won. Yes, I know that. What can I say? So he's going to analyze college football. And he's gonna, but well, he, he's a, Well, he's a former punter. I know. You know He's not going to analyze. Stuff. I, was, I, I wasn't saying, you know, someone out there may not know. They may say, who the hell is Pat McAfee? I'm trying to help out. If he was that great, why did it serious tell him to go bye-bye? Serious, of all things. I yeah. agree. Think right. about it. Th- literally think about it. If he was that good, why would Sirius let him go? This just, and I've been, I mean, this is not anything new, but I've just, because I've, just started really looking at what does ESPN cover. I'm not going to dog ESPN a ton. I'm just going to say it. the tone and the type of coverage has changed dramatically. Dramatically, I think, within the last, I would say the biggest curve of this is the last handful of years where it's turned from, as you've termed it, Jordan, legitimate, just an analysis and coverage to what is the hot button issue? What is the hot topic? Let's just wear that out because we're a 24 hour cycle, which is cool, but it's less about the highlights and the actual what is happening, how it's happening, who's doing it, who are, you know, and it's just like, ugh, just let me watch the game, sh- tell me what happened. Tell me how it happened. Tell me who did it, and then move on. Yeah, but it's almost like TMZ now. Yeah, it's of a the lot, sports it's world. It's a lot like TikTok and social yeah. media. Yeah, it's taking that social media snippet and just putting it on a twenty-four hour cycle, and it's just like ugh. So Pat McAfee. I mean, we've we're talking about him. I think that's half the point of him being there, being uh, in that seat. I can't take somebody seriously that got their start on barstool. That's fair. Again, that that 
network, whatever you want to call it. It's not hard-hitting journalism. Right. It's for a bunch of frat bros. Like, to me, there's no value to any of it. There's a place. There's a place for that. And if that's the direction ESPN wants to go, my other thought in the back of my head, they were off, they offload people all the time, but they were, you know, just like mass offloading these contracts with their higher paid talent. I don't know what he's getting from ESPN. Doesn't really matter, but I'm sure it's not cheap. Well, it's not cheap, but also is it? Maybe. Because they can go to him and say, Here's where you came from. Yeah, you are Pat McAfee. Cool. But here's where you need to be for this type of money. I don't know. I'm just, I'm completely guessing, but. The only way that thing is going to work out if they tell him to tone it down. Yeah, it's going to be a much different tone on college game day for sure. Yeah, you can't swear. You can't do half of the things that he does. That's Um, what the dump button's for. But it just, I think at the end of the day. It just, I don't know, ESPN, it was like Dick Vitale, like mm-hmm. the guy's a legend, but to not admit that the last couple of years he needed to be off the air, like, I mean, Boomer, or not Boomer, but uh, yeah, Chris, oh, Berman. Chris Berman, yeah. He was getting the same way. Yeah. You, you had to get him off the air. I mean, you, they're saying the same things, their, their shtick was kind of... Yeah. How many, up. how many times can I hear, oh, you said diaper dandy, up, up, and away, woo. This isn't 1975 anymore. Just call the game. That was 85, by that's, the way. That's advice to anybody that would like to be a play-by-play announcer. Just call the game. Don't give me these stupid catchphrases. And I'm sure Carolyn, more than anyone, can agree with that. I agree. Mine tends to be, oh, my goodness. But. We had a guy at uh, OU that calls basketball games, and his is, of course, every time they hit a three. And it's like, I'm good. (laughs) Anyways, let's move on. All right, yeah, Major League Baseball. Quick look at this. Instead of talking about Tigers and Cubs, we're not. Even though, Why would they? Even It'd though, be a complete waste of time. Because the spread is 51. Oh, wait, that's, a, <laughs> that's another matchup. Legitimate question, though. Are they even going to get to 65 wins? <laughs> oh, <laughs> uh. No. 63 is the number. Because he was telling me he was enjoying MLB TV finally. And yeah. It's it, like, I get every game but the Tigers. And I was like, it sounds like you dodged a bullet, my friend. <laughs> I was at, I was, so my parents have a condo over at Parkview Hills. And so they get the, they get charter, which I stream just like you. So I don't get any of that stuff unless I have MLB TV. And I was like flipping through the channels. And the Tigers came on. I was like, what is this? And I was like, oh, never mind. I'm like, <laughs> oh, they're down by eight. <laughs> yeah, that stupid blackout rule. Yeah. I hate it. They yeah. are visual amnesia. <laughs> You'd like to go to bed, watch the Tigers. <laughs> <laughs> You'll fall asleep. Anyway, so let's just go power rankings. Top 10. Dodgers number one, obviously. They lead the uh, NL West by 19 games. 19. God. Astros are number two. They lead the AL West by 10. In uh, third is are the Mets. They are they have a half game lead over number four Atlanta. Uh, the the Braves and the Mets are both 10 and a half games up in the wild card. Well, the Mets are 11, but anyway. 
Cardinals lead the NL Central by eight and a half. They're number five. The Mariners at six. I'm impressed with Seattle. They went on a streak. I know. It's nuts. They're a game and a half up in the, on the wild card for the last wild card. So uh, if they can hold on, that'll be fun to see them in October. The Rays in seventh. They're even with the Mariners. So there hopefully will be a good wild card battle there. The Yankees are number eight. Boy, they have fallen. Crash. Boom. I'm sure there's a lot of sad people. But they still lead the American League East by four and a half over the Rays, which, of course, yeah. How does that work out? <laughs> Padres and the Phillies wrap up top ten. Both are tied for last in the uh, for the wild card in the National League. The Brewers are three back of them. So we still have a lot of baseball. We're going to have uh, some good races. A lot of these races, the NL West, the uh, AL West, of course, those are pretty much wrapped up. The National League East is going to be fun going all the way down. American League Central, yeah, that's that's pretty much whatever. <laughs> I don't even want to discuss it. I got two hot takes with this list. Number one, LA is not going to win a World Series. No, I, I agree. It's how you start, or it's how you finish, not how you start. They've front loaded so many wins. We've seen it time and time again. Teams do this and then they in the playoffs. Uh, the other one, the Mets are an imposter. Until I actually see them prove me otherwise, there's no reason to think differently. There just really isn't. They took two or three from the Dodgers. Good for them. Yeah. It's the New York Mets. Like I said, until I see it, not going to believe it. Um, I think it's going to be a really interesting postseason, depending on who can get in. Um, so it's going to be a race down the finish. Um, but I think we're good on, on baseball. Uh, probably the last thing we should talk about, the Lions. <laughs> Kicking off their season on Sunday. I'm trying to figure out where I'm going to watch the game. Sold out and almost yeah. standing room only sold out. First time since in a non-Thanksgiving Day game that that has happened at Ford Field since 2017. Should have been much longer than that, but whatever. Shoulda, coulda, woulda. Don't shut on yourself, Jordan. <laughs> I'm glad I invited her. <laughs> uh, what time does it start again? Uh, one o'clock. One. Yeah, okay. That's one. It's the Eagles. Yeah. Um. So when we win, you're gonna be like, "Who's the Eagles?" Yeah. <laughs> I mean, when your quarterback's Jalen Hurts, like, what else are you really supposed to say? It's the Eagles. We can only play the team in front of us on our schedule. Thank you. I'm not gonna give that. Like, I'm not gonna take it away from them if they beat the Eagles, but. All right, I'll come back and collect question, my prize. Is anyone really sold on Jalen Hurts yet? No. No. Good. I'm glad you guys can at least agree Sm with me on that. Smoke and mirrors is yeah. smoke and mirrors is what I've seen. Yeah. But I'm gonna take a win just like I took a one hopper off the side of a tree. And it landed two feet from the cup last week. So I'm going to take that too. And then I put one putted for birdie, dude. So what? It was uh, just like I planned it. Just like you planned it. Yeah. Boy, that's a happy Gilmore shot if there ever was one. Heck yeah, it was. <laughs> I mean, what do you need to see from the Lions? Points. 
more points <laughs> than the you. Eagles. Thank you. I mean, I I would really I would really like to see a secondary that can run with their opponent and actually cover. I would like that. That would be great. Uh, an offensive line that blocks for their quarterback, but we were talking about the Broncos running game and immediately came to mind. I liked the reliance on the running game that the Lions have had through the preseason. Take the results out of it because it was the preseason, but take the bits and pieces through those games. And this is one of the better, I'm not going to say the best, but one of the better offensive lines that I've seen. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to just channel my inner Jordan and not really get too excited about it, but I did like it. I'm glad you brought that up because the last time they did this with an offensive line, they went out and got a guy named TJ Lang. Yeah, yeah. And another guy from Baltimore and paid him a lot of money, and we all saw how that worked out. Here's my thing. they are. I don't feel like – I mean, I don't have their payroll in front of me, but I don't feel like they're overpaying the – Most expensive offense in the NFL. Because why? Jared Goff is in there. Right? Are you talking about the line? The The entire offense. Okay. Well, we do have a Super Bowl winning quarterback in Jared Goff. Yes. Super Bowl winning. No, he didn't win. No, he didn't win. Check that. No, he didn't win. He was Super Bowl. Bowl Sorry. Yeah. Super Bowl participant. Hey, you know what? I got ahead of myself. We will have a Super Bowl winning quarterback. Uh-huh. <laughs> there, I just uh-huh. I just let all of my inhibitions before, go. But before but, before Jordan takes over the entire studio, which he is about to, I totally agree with what he actually said earlier. And you and you mentioned it as well concerning the Broncos. Establish the run game that'll open up the pass. That's what the Lions need to do as well. You want me to take it a step further? Sure. DeAndre Swift needs to stay healthy. Oh yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. oh yeah. Oh, the absolutely. offensive line needs to stay healthy. Frank Ragnow, among others, TJ Hawkinson needs to stay healthy. That is my biggest problem with this team. There are so many what ifs. How much is Jamison Williams gonna play? You know, there's so many question marks around this team. But we will but start been... answering them on Sunday, I feel like. And I'll throw this in there just for you, Aiden Hutchinson. At least one sack. I'm gonna go low. One sack, multiple. I'll go with multiple though. What, what over under? Okay, over under. I'll put an over under of. Uh, I'll put an over under of two and a half. Under. Because I'll because go over said, just because he said under, well, but I'll go over. And the only reason I went with two and a half was because yeah. you said multiple. So I'm yeah. Like, yeah. Okay, how multiple are we getting? Over. <laughs> okay. Zero. Um. <laughs> No, and I don't say this disparagingly. I I've gotten to a point where, to me, a success a successful season for the Lions, to me, you may think I'm crazy. Well, seven or eight wins, show improvement. I totally agree, because- but not too much improvement that we're stuck with Jared Goff, because you win 10, 11 games, they're going to extend him. Last time, so, I last time I was in here because he's not the answer, Jim. Last time I was in here, I'm, and again, I want to just say I'm very proud of you because last time I was in here, I sat in this chair and you were like, the Lions have to win a Super Bowl or they stink. And it's like, no, temper that. I think I said temper My your ex- expectation all along has never been a Super Bowl this but year. But you literally had said, 
we have it recorded. Yeah. You were like, yeah. if they don't go to the Super Bowl, like I didn't say this coming oh. here because I don't even think that's even a realistic chance. Yes, so, in the next couple of years, they what better realistic better compete juice did for he one. Drink? Uh, I agree. I totally agree with you. But we've got to start with the first step. And this is the first. I think this is the first step. But the first step includes eight wins. I'm going to say eight. Yeah. Any any more. And you're saddled to Jared Goff. Well, if they and can- here's the thing. Here's the thing. You think he's so good. Why did the team that just won the Super Bowl get rid of him? To add your quarterback. Because he should have. Because I love Matthew Stafford. And I think that he deserves everything. And that team, Los Angeles, was willing to put a team around him to. They had the same team around Goff. He ha- you want to know what he had that Matt Stafford didn't? Hmm. Todd Gurley. Yeah. Todd Gurley made Jared Goff look real good. Oh, I agree with that. So well, my thing DeAndre is, is Swift they got rid can of be him that. because they didn't trust him to do what Matt Stafford did, and that was go out and win a Super Bowl. So what I'm saying is you win seven or eight games. It shows us that you've, you've improved, you've changed the culture, you're doing the right things, but it also gives us the ability, ability to say, hey, guess what? Goff's not the answer. So you take your first-round pick that positions you somewhere in the middle, and then you take the L.A. pick, which – they get a couple injuries. Yeah. That could be a really good pick. Yep. So you take both of those picks, you trade up, and you get your guy. Whether and we, it's C.J. Stroud, Bryce Love, there are three or four quarterbacks that could realistically be taken in the top ten. And then what happens if the Lions go 12-5 and five regular season? Maybe he would be the answer. That's best because there's scenario. no one's no one's even saying twelve and no, no one's I no said one's no, even saying more like double digit wins. I, I, I said double digit in the studio and he about took my head off <laughs> because it's unrealistic. It, no, nothing is unrealistic, Jordan. It's possible when you were in the position that this franchise was in. Correct. Yeah. It takes time. Uh, You're I, not going to go worse to first. Good. I have two words for you: Cincinnati Bengals. Chew um, on that. Uh, I have two words for you, Joe Burrow. <laughs> yeah, that's wow. a good Jared one. Jared Goff is not Joe Burrow, no, so you can correct. save that argument. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that. It all depends on how you build your team. Maybe they're, they're building the team around Jared to run, but, open up pass lanes, and maybe Jared can. Okay. Take, no, I meet you. Yeah, I meet you there. Yeah, I'll, I yeah. will meet you there. But I think eight wins. Gets it done. You know, I, I, I'm good it with It gets eight, everything done that you need. Don't be surprised if that eight is a little higher. Just okay. Don't be surprised. Okay. And if it gets to 10, <laughs> great. 12, yeah, we're all like, huh? That's the best case scenario. Well, I just want to be able to. St- I'll be drinking, I'll to, be drinking heavily that day. <laughs> as, as we, as as a parent, and I want to end, you know, cycles on a lot of things, including explaining to my five-year-old why I was happy 30 seconds ago because we were winning the game and now we lost on a walk-off field goal. I just don't want to do that this year. <laughs> because he did. He felt, my five-year-old son felt legitimately bad for me. 
And I don't want to put that pressure on him. I saw a meme. It was like, <laughs> we're about to that time of year where I let a team control my mood for four months. Yeah. <laughs> I am happy to say that because I used to like something, you know, we'd we'd be the Lions on Sunday and then all day Monday I was just like, Meh. and I, I, don't, I don't do that anymore. I don't do that you anymore. You got to separate been, yourself. It's been a handful of years, but I in game, that in game scenario right in front of my son and I was like. Oh man, you know, and he's like, "Why are you mad? We were winning." And I was like, well, "Let me explain something to you, Bryson." <laughs> For what? Four months. Four. Yeah. What it is? It's it, longer than that. Yeah, not for the Lions, you, typically. You were yeah, them three yeah, months ago. You might as well add, make it seven. Yeah, that's true. Half a year. Yeah, but they they haven't lost or anything. There's nothing to really be yeah. that upset about. No, I'm feeling good. I'm excited so for I. Sunday. So it's going to be a great weekend. I'm cautiously op- optimistic. <laughs> you got to have it, though. That's fine. I'm putting myself in a place to not be disappointed. So who's what? What's the spread? What's the spread? Oh, I don't know. Let me look. Yeah. You know, if if, if we're going to predict the Broncos, might as well might as well predict the Lions as well. You know. Do they have the Lions? Uh, there should Philly's be. Philly's given four. Oh. Ooh. <laughs> really? Yeah. Philly minus four. Yeah. Oh, God. I'd take the points. Okay. It's going to be a close game. I'll take lines straight up. I don't need no points. Give me the points. Yeah. I'll take but them yeah, straight that, up. That is amazing. That, wow. Yeah. Philly's given four. Vegas is loving Detroit this year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I think that is a little bit of the hard knocks effect. Could be. It was interesting though. I mean, I I like there's so much negative either nothing at all about the Lions on the national stage in the media, whatever, or it's just all for whatever reason. And I love, love, love the fact that Dan Campbell and that whole staff got to showcase on that big of a stage, on that well-known of a show, what they do. Because I think I sat in here and talked about the reason that I am bought into Dan Campbell and what else, what what he's got going on and what he's doing is the fact that in this age of social media, there's enough video of ownership and him interacting candidly it's not staged i mean to, to a point it's staged i'm sure but candidly interacting in the locker room that's where you let your hair down you do what you do and whatever and like he is beloved in that locker room and that to me from a team culture standpoint take all of the mm-hmm. talent the x's and o's out of it team culture comes first in my book before anything else and, and i don't disagree with you there the only thing is, turn them into W's. We're working on that. We're that, gonna get that, eight. We're that gonna get stuff's it. all cute and yeah. you know looks good and makes you feel good. But you know what makes me feel better? W's. Well, that's an ingredient to winning. Mm-hmm. I'm just not gonna let allow myself to get drunk on it before I see the product. Well, you'll see it on Sunday. Again, I have not served the Kool Aid at my house. The Kool-Aid will be Honolulu Blue mm-hmm. on Sunday at 1 p.m. at know, my house. He doesn't know where to buy it. He doesn't know where you live either. 
I have an idea, but that's about it. <laughs> Should we wrap but, this up? But we're, we're getting close. We are getting close to wrapping up. But I'm going to say, you know, you're talking about Dan Campbell. You know, he, he he is the wound down version of PJ Fleck. We're hoping, of course, going one and eleven, all the way to Cotton Bowl. You know it. Let's let's hope that something like that happens in Motown. You know, maybe it could. It could. Just give me eight games. Yeah, eight wins. Eight, and I'm happy. You any, guys any you, more, and I'm not happy. You guys take eight. I'll take nine. You guys can take the sub five hundred. I'll take the over five hundred. Sound good? All right. There All right. you go. Should I thank the other sponsor? You should. I think so. Yeah, because we wasted enough of everyone's time here. Sweet Waters Donuts. Thank you to them. Pick up a box of donuts for your next Bronco tailgate party from Sweetwaters on Stadium Drive, Sprinkle Road, and Capitol Avenue in Battle Creek. And um, we, we, we're going to have us a little tailgate coming up, aren't we, Jordan? We are. The Hits 96.5 Jack FM tailgates are back this year. Uh, remind me of the cross streets that we're at behind Waldo. Oh, God, I don't. Are you? It's, the, two, it's the street with the same name. Oh, that's Oliver. Oliver and Oliver. Oliver. Oh, wait. Uh-oh. Lot 105. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> I got a couple pictures from Lot 105. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we will be hanging out uh, a few hours before uh, kickoff, which is at 730 on the 17th. Uh, our sister station and friends at Winnetty 5, uh, your country out of uh, Battle Creek, they will be hosting uh, the pregame concert with Chase Bryant. Uh, so we got a lot going on for that. But we will be at every single home game. Come and see us uh, at the corner of Oliver and Oliver. And there's Jim's picture with, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'll leave it there. But uh, before we go, I want to thank uh, our other new sponsor this year, uh, Zolman's Best One Tire and Auto. Thanks again uh, for supporting Bronco Nation. Um yeah, I couldn't do it without you guys. That's my pen. <laughs> Carolyn, any um, any final remarks? This is going to be a fun argument. season. Uh, I think I've said my piece, but thanks for having me as always. This is going to be a fun season. Okay. Um, by the way, um, I don't know, has the schedule been released yet? Women's basketball. When do you get to go back to work? End of October. Right on. So start exhibition season, and then we are rolling. We will have Carolyn in for a little oh, yeah. uh, WMU basketball blitz. We did the football blitz with John Creek. Um, so you got that to look forward to. Uh, Bronco hockey on its way uh, back. So we've got a lot um, coming down the pike. Uh, until next week, take it easy, guys, and go Broncos. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Bronco Nation podcast. Stay tuned for next week's episode.